Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders Halloween Special Edition! This is a special Halloween edition episode. I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And I'm Brenna. We're just three gals that like to sit around, drink coffee, talk about true crime, have espresso shots, do Halloween things. Spooky. You know, just a couple of just a couple of gal pals. And, and our we're beans. brothers. Oh. <laughs> We're our beans. beans. We're also and, and, also and our beans. Brothers yeah. and beans. But we are brothers, are and brothers. you are beans, and yep. we love you. Mm-hmm. And we love you. Yeah. At the end of the day, we love you. And we've each brought something fun today. Yes. Not, it's not fun, but well, it's, it's fun for us. Yes. <laughs> so today, my beans, for this special Halloween episode, uh, the gals and I have all found a story of a murder that took place on Halloween. It's kind of a throwback to our first episode, the Power Rangers, Yay. where we each told a different Power Ranger curse. So. Ladies and beans, mine is, I guess, considered a family annihilator. Brenna, you'll have to tell me your thoughts as I go. But my ladies, my beans, have you heard of William B.J. Lisk? So Halloween night 2010, BJ, who was 24 at the time, horrifically murdered his father, stepmother, and stepbrother. The one who discovered all of this? His younger stepbrother, Devin Griffin. Devin had come home that night after being away at his father's for the weekend. He'd come back after attending church and wanted to play some video games. When he arrived home, there was an eerie sense of quiet throughout the house. He had been by earlier to change for church, and he'd seen his stepbrother, BJ, in a rather good mood. He didn't think too much of it at the time, but BJ was known to be more gloomy and angry, so it just seemed like a nice change. He brushed it off and went to church. Now that he was back, things felt off. He went into his mom and stepdad's room and saw them lying under their maroon comforter. It was over their heads, which seemed odd. He started to talk to his mother in hopes to kind of ease her awake, but nothing. Then he kind of tapped and moved her leg. Nothing. He walked up to the top of the bed and finally saw the pillows. They were soaked in blood. At first, Devin thought it was a Halloween prank, but then reality set in. He freaked out and crying, he ran out of the house. Devin had called his aunt in a panic. The police were called. Before I get into the grisly details, though, a bit about BJ. He had a pretty troubled past. He was known to act out and pick fights. It had got so bad that he was even put into a group home for mental health. He had a past of threatening to harm himself, fights with his dad, and even attacked his stepmother before. He'd stolen things, he'd robbed a bit, not good things. After the attack on his stepmom in 2004, he was charged with felonious assault and robbery. He was found incompetent to stand trial and they were all dropped. There were at least three more times that involved the police before he was actually sent into the group home. When BJ's parents got divorced, it triggered a lot of his bad behavior. He started skipping school, acting out, and it all just got a lot worse, especially when his stepmom Susan came into the picture. He had even attacked her in the shower once. Susan and Bill, BJ's dad, were married in 2001, and from the start, she tried to do her best. She laid down some house rules, and BJ hated her for it. Despite all of the hatred and anger BJ showed to his stepmom, his father never gave up on him. 
He would visit him at the group home, take him out, invite him over. There was a time he lived with them for a bit, but due to the major issues, he was kicked out. On the 30th, they had a little party, as it were. Bill had taken that weekend off to go hunting with his son, and they returned that day, and they shared a couple beers with a few friends. BJ rarely was invited to stay the night at the house because of his violent attacks, but because there had been drinking involved and it was late, Bill was trying to do the responsible thing and decided it was best not to drive his son back that night. The living room sofa was made up for him as a bed to sleep on. There were gunshots heard around 6.30 a.m. on Halloween, but there were no police called at that time. Derek Griffin, the stepbrother that was still at the house, had called and spoken to someone at 2.02 p.m. on the 30th, according to phone records. And Devin had spent the weekend with his dad, like I mentioned earlier. He came home around 9.30 a.m. on Halloween to change for church. He was only there for maybe five minutes, which is when he saw BJ in a happier mood, having no clue that his mother, brother, and stepfather were already dead. Yikes. Yeah. After Devin left, it was reported that BJ took the family car and left. He drove it to the hunting cabin where he had just spent the weekend with his father before killing him. He was there less than an hour before the police found him and took him into custody. Now back to the crime scene. In the downstairs master bedroom, Bill and Susan had been shot in their bed. Bill, BJ's dad, was shot at close range in the face five times. And he was in a natural sleeping position and the covers had been pulled over his face. Susan was sprawled out, maybe even moved. She had also been shot at close range three times. She had also been sexually assaulted. Upstairs, Derek's room was found locked. The police forced the door open, and on the other side of the door was a bloodbath. Derek had been beaten to death. He suffered major blunt force trauma to the head, and the weapon was said to be a hammer. BJ was charged in Ottawa County Common Pleas Court with counts of aggravated murder for each member of the family he killed. He could have gotten the death penalty if found guilty. Well, he pleaded guilty to all three accounts, but due to his mental state, he was not sentenced to death. He received three life sentences without the chance for parole. And on March 31st, 2015, he was found dead in his cell. He had committed suicide. Before his sentencing in 2011, he apologized for killing his father, stepmother, and stepbrother, and blamed his mental illness and Satan. And that is the story of B.J. Lisk. Hmm... Oh, Beach. Oh, Beach. Yeah, that sounds... Uh, I mean, he did annihilate his family, and he seemed like he had a lot of aggression towards his stepmother. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, self-righteous is one of those things that come oh, yeah. up, where they blame the mom for everything mm-hmm. and kind of go for that, and he had attacked her a lot. Um, I also... Like, this sounds a lot like um, just unrecognized mental health disorder that might have to do with, like, uh, bipolar disorder, you know, like, I don't don't know, you know, but, but it just sounds like there was just a lot more going on inside his head and heart, like, that was just, had nothing to do with anything that this family could have done, you know? Yeah, and it's interesting because there was help, like, he was, you know, sort of getting help, but maybe it wasn't the correct help. That's what I'm wondering. You know? Because if you, like, if you, if somebody is bipolar and you, and you give them antidepressants, that's not going to help because it's not the same thing at Mm-mm. all. You know, like people, there's tons of records of people being misdiagnosed and taking anti- and being de- prescribed like antidepressants or something mm-hmm. and then killing other people or killing themselves or doing, you know, just because it's not, that's not the same thing at all. Like mm-hmm. antidepressants don't 
fix bipolar disorder. Like it's it's a mood stabilizer, but that's not that's not the same thing. No. Like so, yeah, it's it's that's unfortunate that like he was in the place where he would have been able to get help, but it might have just not been the right place for him or yeah. the right doctors or all that kind of stuff. You yeah, know? absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting to have seen your he and what is kind of interesting is that he had spent time with his father and yet he killed him yeah so he had must have had those thoughts for a long time where do you get the or i mean they were just hunting i was gonna ask where you got the gun but the uh devin had told the police too that the family had a lot of guns like that's something they just had mm. their hunters so right they, they had mm. a lot of guns in the oh. house all right, um, one down. Taking one a sip. Down. Here we go. Taking a sip, everyone. Taking a sip Here of the go. coffee that Amanda brought. It's a because she's the coffee witch today. I'm Yay. the coffee witch, mm. and I take that with a badge of honor. Oh yes, yes. All right. So on October 31st, 1957, mm. Peter and Betty Fabiano were spending a quiet night at home, answering the door for trick or treaters. But when the bell rang a little after 11 p.m., a sleepy, confused Peter opened the door and stated, It's a little late for this, isn't it? There stood a figure wearing blue jeans, a khaki jacket, red gloves, a domino mask, which is like what Robin wears, like Mm. the black across the eyes, and heavy makeup. The dark figure replied, No, and shot Peter at point blank range. What? In a Hamburglar mask? In a hamburger mask, and actually it was like through, they had a, a brown paper bag that they held up and they oh. shot him through the brown paper bag. Jeez, mm. like to make the sound different? So that you couldn't see that they were walking up to the house oh, holding, oh. it'll okay. just look like a bag. That makes sense. Yeah. So Betty and her 15-year-old daughter from a previous marriage run downstairs and find Peter with a bullet lodged just below his heart. Peter was rushed to the hospital, but unfortunately he did not survive. Oh. Because it was 1957... Betty remained sedated for a few days oh before she oh, made right. herself yeah. available for questioning. <laughs> yeah. They do just do that to they women, don't like, they? They'd be like, just drag right. her up. Drag her up, lobotomize her, what are we going to do? <laughs> she told the police that the assailant sounded like a man impersonating a woman. Oh. Just that she heard like two voices, a uh-huh. man and then a man, it sounded like a man impersonating a woman. Mm. Okay. So police couldn't explain why someone would want to shoot Peter. I mean, he had previous misdemeanor charges for bookmaking, like working as a bookie, mm. but that was about it. And it was like a decade before this incident. The only person Betty could imagine who would want to hurt Peter was a woman named Joan Raybell, a friend of the family. Mm. Raybell had been hired by Peter to work in one of the salons that he owned. She and Betty became good friends. So when the Fabianos were having marital problems, Betty ended up moving in with Joan for a bit. Ah. So the woman's relationship was described as, quote, abnormal, because that was as close to printing the word homosexual a major newspaper would come in the 1950s. Mm. Ah. So when Peter and Betty decided to reconcile, it was on the condition that she cut off all ties with Joan. Joan would go on to meet, seduce, and subsequently prey on a highly impressionable divorcee named Goldine Pizer. Pizer said, quote, She told me that Mr. Fabiano was a vile, evil man, a man who destroyed everything around him. She told me that he mistreated his wife and that he was dealing narcotics. Mm. None of that was true. Mm. Raybel gave Pizer the money to go purchase a gun, and they drove to the Fabiano's house a few weeks prior so that Raybel could point Peter out to Pizer. <sighs> After the shooting, Pizer ran back into the getaway car, driven by Raybel, and Raybel kissed her and whispered, thank you, as they sped away. 
The ladies later admitted that they then burned their clothes and returned the car because they had borrowed it from an unknowing friend. Oh, like, no. hey, buddy, can I borrow your car? We're just going to go murder someone real quick. I'll bring it back, though. Nice. Just we'll clean put it. gas back in it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they didn't yeah. get blood on the car. It was fine. Yeah. So Raybel told Pizer, quote, forget you ever knew me. And they parted ways. Ah. Pizer didn't know what to do with the murder weapon, though, so she rented a locker at a department store and dumped it. Okay. But when it surfaced two weeks later, it was found to have been registered to the lab assistant at the Children's Hospital Los Angeles, 42-year-old Goldine Pizer. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, you can legal. dump it all you want, yeah. but, like, scratch the serial number. Scratch the yeah. serial number. <laughs> so, Ray and Pizer's trial was held the following December. Pizer threw Raybell right under the bus, stating, quote, I had no motive, personally. Whatever motive I had was to please Joan. I was always easily influenced. I have been impressionable and always trusting. Her defense team even tried to use the insanity plea. Oh, jeez. They I mean, couldn't just use like, stupid? Like, no, <laughs> this is the 1950s. This woman is mad. Yeah. Obviously, she loves another woman. She must be insane. She has that hysteria. Yes, but alas, both women were charged with first-degree murder. It was eventually reduced to second-degree murder after a plea deal was made. They were sentenced to five years to life in prison. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Joan got that bomb-ass pussy. (laughs) Obviously. Obviously. Joan. My goodness. Ladies. You want to do this murder for me and then I'm going to completely dump you and um, you can just like forget about me forever. Okay, cool. There's no reason to murder anybody. No, absolutely no reason. It's funny because it's like, it's an interesting thing Did you think that was going to get Betty back? Yeah, what what did you think? Yeah, I don't know what she thought was the, was going to be the end result of that. Like, but also... I get the, like, I always say, like, you have to believe people when they tell you that things are happening. And the unfortunate truth is that some people use those types of stories to, like, uh, manipulate people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, Joan used saying that he was abusive. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. When, like, you know, of course you'd want to believe somebody. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that, like, you always want to believe people because then when you investigate, not immediately react and kill somebody over it, mm-hmm. right. but when you investigate, the truth comes out at some point, hopefully. You right. know, like, the point is that you believe them to then investigate and do a thorough investigation and then come to the end of it going, like, oh, no, you didn't. Or, you know... Like, we just need to get better at doing that yeah. and getting to the end of what that means when you believe somebody mm-hmm. is, you know, that you get the facts out of it, too. Yeah. But damn. Damn. 50s, baby. 50s, yeah. baby. Summer love. Summer love. <laughs> if I can't have you, nobody can. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I said this in a, in a previous espresso <laughs> shot. Move on. Move on. Just move. Like it's move okay. On. You're you're worth it. You are worthy and valued and you can just move on. You can. You got so much other shit to fuck up. Don't even <laughs> Don't even worry about it. I also brought a story. <clears throat> Yay, Brenna. Here I go. On Halloween night in 1998, 21-year-old Carl Jackson, a data entry clerk from the Bronx, was on his way with his girlfriend to pick up her 9-year-old son from a party when some teenagers threw eggs at their car. Mm -hmm. Now, Halloween is usually a time for pranks, tricks, and treats, so this isn't a completely surprising event. There's also, like, Mischief Night or Devil's Night, Mm -hmm. um, which is the night before Halloween, where yards get teepeed and forked, along with egging or smashing pumpkins. Have you guys ever forked a yard? smashing pumpkins. That's a great band. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> band name. Band name. Oh, it is. Um, I have not uh, forked. Taken. I have not forked a... If we're forking a lawn. No, I've TP'd, but what? I haven't forked. Spork? Yeah. Like, are you aerating their lawn for them? And they're like, ha ha! No, but you leave the forks in it. And so it's just annoying. Like, it's just like, you put a bunch, you stick a bunch of forks in their lawn, and then it's like plastic. It's just a pain in the ass to clean up. Kind House of, like, of a thousand forks. forks. Forks is... I've left way weirder things on people's lawns. Yeah, and it's like, it's like you stick them in and like, but the idea is you completely, like, it's ridiculous. Oh, like, you gosh. like stake them in? Oh, yes. You're, you're such That's an the asshole. point. Yeah, like, you stake them huh, so They can't in. even like cut their grass because then they're like... You have to like so. take each one out. Yeah. Ah, teenagers suck. Right. I mean, and there are cases where folks can't like read the room and essentially use this night to be a big old dick. Like, big old dick. And escalate to spray painting and destroying, you know, stuff that isn't... Oh. It's like a mini the name purge. Of spooky season. Oh, yeah, it's just some people are just like looking for any reason to get away with being an asshole and like just read the room, read the room. Mm, There's yeah. some stuff that's like pranks are fun, and I noticed that pranks are getting like really popular on like TikTok and YouTube and stuff yeah. where it's like just stupid things, and I'm like, guys, this isn't comedy. You're just being an right. asshole. You're, mean. You're just being yeah. a jerk. You're just being an asshole. So back to 1998. So Jackson got out of his car, frustrated with the teens, gave them the piece of his mind, and got back in the car. Then one of the teens pulled out a sidearm and shot Jackson in the head, killing him instantly. Why? No! So this young man's life was taken just because someone didn't like being told they were being an asshole. (gasps) Wow. Wow. So police later arrested 17-year-old Curtis Sterling for the crime after he tried to sell a gun believed to be the murder weapon to an undercover officer. Oof. Good job, bro. Officer set up the deal after receiving an anonymous tip. Um, Sterling is serving 20 years at a state prison in Ulster County, and Mm -hmm. every Halloween of those 20 years, he receives a card from Gloria Jackson, Carl's mother, with a very simple message. I'm glad you're still there. Wow. <sighs> Damn. Jiminy. Yeah. Ugh, it's awful. And I was looking it up to see, because it's been well over 20 years, so I'm, I looked up to see if Curtis Sterling was out yet, and I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, because you can look up his number and everything. Oh, yeah. In my um, search. But I didn't, I didn't see. So, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that, you know... That's like there's not much more on the crime. There was a New York Times article that talks about um, how there's been at least since like eighty something, eighty seven. There's like twenty four crimes of people like egging a car and then somebody coming out and being like, "Come on, man!" and either getting shot or shooting somebody. Mm-hmm. My car like got those it. kind of pranks, like and it's In like Mexico, oh, right? It's like it just doesn't fucking matter. Go clean it, like. Yeah. Move on, move yeah. on, move on with your life. Like, you know, yeah. it just, same with this kid. Like, if you threw an egg at a car, the result is that someone is going to react, right? Yeah, you're, you're doing it to get a reaction. You're yeah. trying to get some sort of reaction, and, like, the best reaction, honestly, is just keep driving and move on with your life. But, like, but, you know, obviously this guy's, like, 21 years old. He's he's just picking up, he's trying to go pick up his girlfriend's son. You know, it's just, he's going out to go do stuff, and so, of course, he's mad, and... Um, just being told, it wasn't even like they got into a fight. He literally was like, you guys are assholes. Like, this sucks. Stop being an asshole. And then, like, got back in his car, and then mm. the guy shot him. Ugh. After he'd already gotten back in his car. Right. Ew. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Man. Mm-hmm. That's awful. When I was a kid, my friend's little brother threw a um, water balloon over the side of the wall. And on the other side of the wall was a main street. Mm. And it hit a car. I don't even think he really knew or was aiming for a car. He was just doing it to be a little brother Some kid. kids don't know, don't yeah. understand the concept of what the 
the like what a consequence of that reaction. action could oh, be. Yeah. Like some kids don't get it. In this case, we found out because the the balloon hit the window in a way that it cracked it. <gasps> the guy stopped his car and hopped the fence <sighs> into my friend's backyard. <gasps> yeah, it was a very scary moment. Nobody died, but people were very angry. Yeah. Yeah, man, just don't mess with other people's stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know, if you just leave people alone, then you won't get got. Like, you won't, like, I couldn't you know. get the kids that like my car, because I was just driving my car through Mexico. Right. You know, Tijuana, it's what you do. Uh-huh. And uh, someone <laughs> threw an egg, like, from an overpass. Mm. I was just so freaking happy that it was an egg, because if it was a rock, like, it was right oh. in front of my face, I would have died. Mm. Or at least I would have gotten a rock through my face. Yeah. It would have been bad news bears. So I was like, okay, I mean, okay, but also, what the fuck? Yeah, it's, it's of course it's going to piss you off. That's the point. But it's like, yeah, it's it's not worth any reason getting, like, it's like road rage. There's so many people that get killed because they just flip, flip somebody off on the road. Like, move on, just move yeah, on. I got a road rage story, too. I'll save it. This is my final sip. Oh, yeah, what's okay. your, what are, what are our final, final sips of our, sips. of our three tales? Okay, so final sip. Don't be shitty in traffic. Uh, So I was uh, driving with this girl. She was driving. I was in the passenger seat. And there was just a lot of traffic. And she wouldn't let this guy in because she was just, you know, driving aggressively and whatever. And we're like, 19. So we're so much cooler than everybody else. Oh, yeah. And uh, this guy starts, like, yelling, whatever. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, he's, like, rolling down his window. So I was just, like, looking away. And I look to the, I'm looking at the, my driver because I don't want to get yelled at because she's, that's between them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I hear her go, ooh, yeah, point your gun at me. You're a big boy. Look at you. And I just like slow turned and there was a gun at my face. No. I'm like, no, no. Oh, no. cool, 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 cool. So we like drive down the road and she's like, um, really calmly. She's like, call 911. I'm like, okay. So I call and I give them like the description of the car and everything like that, everything like that. And they're going down a road that is a one way street. And I see them like start to turn around. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and like even the officer was like, that's a one way street. They can't be turning around. You need to go. Where are you going? And we were going to campus. So like we show up on campus. A ton of cops are all over. And we're just like sitting there chilling with our friends. We're like, wow, there's a lot of cops here. And we're like, that's probably us. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's probably us. It's cool. It's fine. And it didn't really even hit us until that moment where we kind of like looked at each other. And I was like, hey, you know, um, we could have died just because you didn't let that guy in. Yeah. And then we started just screaming. Because, yeah. yeah. Like, that's it. Like, you don't know who's on the receiving end of this stuff. You never know what type of person is going to be on the receiving end. Like, (laughs) Oh my god, that's terrifying. That's, yep. that's another huge fear of mine, getting shot while driving because of road rage. Mm-hmm. In the movie Scrooged, there's like they show that like fucked up commercial and the guy shoots the guy for like road rage yeah. like a brief moment. You lived like almost lived that. That's terrifying. That's Holy so terrifying. Crap. <laughs> Nelly. Yeah. Right on with your final zip. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. It's a good Just don't one. be a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, remember, like, what something that helps me when I'm driving is I assume everyone that is driving, like, an asshole needs to shit. Mm. Yep. I literally go, they must have to poop. Because then it just, I let go of it immediately. Because there's stories about how, like, um, there's the story of uh, these these loggers, and one of the guys hit a knot in the tree, and the wood stabbed him through the <gasps> stomach. And so all of them hopped in the car and were driving, like, batshit crazy on the road, going crazy. 
You know how many people got in front of them and slowed down right. because oh, they yeah, were trying to teach them a lesson? Yeah. And, yeah. like, that guy died. He died in the car because he did, they didn't get to the hospital in time. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, the cops, like, like they were pulled over by the cops and the cops were like, they like were like, we need to get to the hospital right now because people were calling and saying these people were driving yeah. recklessly. Yeah. Right. And so the cops were like, oh shit, let's go. And the woman, this woman that slowed down at one point was like, I'm glad you're getting those guys because they were whatever. And they're like, my, f-, like they literally were finding out that their friend died, like because they stayed behind and the an ambulance came and got him. So like, you have no idea what's going yeah, on in yeah. other people's lives. Don't police people. Just mm-hmm. get out of the way and move on with your life. Like, yeah. move on. It's yeah. fine. Like, how often do these things stick with you other than when somebody decides to kill you over it so just move on don't be an asshole just move on yeah I do something similar I always feel like someone's rushing for an emergency you just never know I always like say I hope things get better like as they rush past because like when we're driving and we make mistakes we're like oh gosh oh shucks but then if someone else makes a mistake we're like what an asshole what a piece of shit which just doesn't Mm. help like move on it's okay just Mm -hmm. lower your blood pressure take a deep breath take it take a sip of coffee lower your blood pressure Uh. and just like move on yeah uh my final sip is halloween is such an amazing time it is my favorite holiday my favorite time of year don't be jerks don't murder people on halloween watch a scary movie about fake murder on halloween uh check your candy don't poison candy uh give out candy but just make sure it's safe candy uh check for razor blades check for poison always <laughs> has my that even ever happened uh poison we, yes uh we found a razor blade in I my know candy one but it was a, a razor it, blade yeah. I, yeah, razor blade. I apple? found one in my candy. What? Stop. Yeah, yeah. When I was a little kid, my mom always checked our candy, and we found something in our candy once. What was it like Whoa. in a wrapper? What was it? Yeah, like it was I'm like so- pushed into the like the little tiny chocolate bar. It had been like pushed in it, and she <gasps> saw the opening, mm-hmm. and we opened it up, and there was a razor in there. Yeah. That's well, awesome. You're being really calm about this. Well, I mean, it was a long time you ago. You were probably having also, a gun thrown okay, in your yeah. face. Yeah. And, and like, things. Yeah. at the time, I didn't really, my mom didn't freak out. She, like, she played it off like it was fine. And well, also, because if it's in the news all the time, you go, another razor blade candy. Like, yeah. that's all everybody talks about. Yeah, razor blade candy. Razor blade candy. Oh, uh, an extra final sip real quick. Um, No one's ever going to give your kids weed candy. It's too expensive. Way too oh, expensive. Yeah, 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 no one's like ever going to do that. Don't ever let anybody make you believe that, like, cannabis-laced candy is gonna ruin your like no they're and also it can't kill you and it's too expensive i'm gonna eat all my own candy yeah, i'm yeah, not gonna no, give it out but yeah enjoy halloween thank you for joining us for the halloween special and if you listen to this after halloween i hope you had a great halloween mm-hmm. and i hope you watch scary movies and had fun Yay. maybe put a costume on maybe not whatever you want to do man yes Thank awesome. you for joining us on Morning Murders. Have a murder you like to talk about over coffee? We would love to hear about it. Email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. In today's show notes, you can find our cited research as well as a few of our favorite mental health resources. Y'all ready for this? Charged of forty-two-year-old. Blood, your blood, your blood pressure. Yeah, lower. Just glasses. Is everything hurts? My eyes.
Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> all right. We all have our blue light glasses on. <laughs> We're blue lit. 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 Blue lit.